American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you were listening in the 24 hours since this pod is being put out, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff this week. I think this week we'll put out four podcasts on House of L. My guy Joe Kilgallen just finished his latest episode of My Favorite Cub. I just finished my latest episode of My Favorite White Sox. And obviously Sports Adjacent will be out. So this is going to be a four-pod week for House of L. Um, I'm sorry that the subject matter that I'm talking about today is kind of sad, at least for me. But I did want to try and bring some clarity to some stuff because... I think people are being very careless with some of the wording um, that's happening here. And being that I've gone through this, I think that it, it I mean, I, I, I won't lie to you. Like, I've, I'm, I've been triggered by what's happened at ESPN. One, because I have a couple of friends that are on that list. And friends of friends on that list. And two... Because I went through something similar at NBC, so I can, I think, help at least kind of get the wording right and try to give some perspective on this. The, the most important thing, that if you don't take anything else away from today's podcast, the people that were at ESPN were not fired. They were laid off. Those 20 people who were on air were laid off. Fired has the connotation of there being cause. This was a money-saving thing. And creative accounting, because you're doing it at the end of the fiscal year. And most of them, I would suspect most of them that weren't out of contract. There's, I think... I think Jay Will is actually out of contract, but I, I'm not sure. But those who are not out of contract who are laid off are probably getting paid through their contract. That's what happened with me at NBC. I was paid through. I think I had a little over a year on my deal when I got laid off and 
Layla was one of the people that got laid off as well. So, you know, we joke about being in the lifeboat together and all that stuff, trying to figure out what our next move was. I was lucky. I still had my full-time job over at the score. So the fact that I was laid off from my other full-time job was a blow, but I was still getting paid for it. So it didn't hurt as bad, but still it's so public that everyone knows, like everyone knows your name. I, there's another thing that really, really bothered me. I forgot who did it, but one of the, someone I saw on Twitter and I, and I want to say it was like one of the people who cover media was like, why doesn't ESPN just hurry up and tell us who, who all got laid off? Look, fam, first of all, they don't owe you shit. Clearly. And second of all, the people who got laid off are probably still processing it. And not everyone was just going to, like Susie Culber, I thought, did a really beautiful announcement about her being laid off on Twitter. Not everyone is in a place where they can do that. Some people have to work through it. So while you can't wait to get the news, oh, we've got to get this news. We've got to find out who it is that ESPN laid off. These people are trying to figure out, like, what does that mean? And you end up going through, at least in my case, you end up going through what is your worth? And is your worth tied to what it is that you do? And I think that for some people, it's it's very um, easy to go, you aren't what you do. When you do this for a living, you kind of are. Yes, the, the person that I am... I try to be the person that I am on the air, off the air. Like, there isn't that much difference between who I am off the air versus who I am on the air. I curse a lot more when I'm off the air. But, you know, you have to make sacrifices because you like to keep your FCC license. But when you have a connection with an audience, when you are seen as an expert in one field or another, and then you lose your gig because you're getting laid off, it it messes with you. Like, it really messes with you. From what I saw of the people on that list, I there wasn't anyone on that list that I felt like there was egregious, yes, this person has to go. I don't even think that that's what ESPN was doing. I don't think the ESPN looked at the people on the list and said, these people are bad. We have to get rid of them. I do think that there's an issue of redundancy. And you're trying to figure out, like every media company right now, how to do more with less. Now, look. The money aspect of it is huge. And there's, to me, there's two things that are going on here. One has to do with what everyone wants to blame all of this on. Like people want to look at at Pat McAfee's salary and say that's the reason why they had to have these layoffs or they're saving money like it's a fucking salary cap. 
so they can get Shannon Sharp to come in and do stuff at ESPN. While I'm not going to outright dismiss that as a possibility, I think it's more appropriate to talk about some of the things that have happened from, one, a rights fee standpoint. ESPN spends billions, B, billions of dollars on rights fees. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, college football, college basketball. Like, though, there's more, but... Like, if we just look at those five billions of dollars, and there's an argument to be made that they've overpaid. Now NHL too, right? NHL's back. And that cost keeps going up. You're going to see it reflected in NBA salaries over the next couple years when the new CBA comes in because of the rights fees that were negotiated by Adam Silver. It's why the Bulls signing Vooch for $60 million over three years is going to look like a bargain at the end of year three because the salary floor is going to go up and you got to spend 90% and all that good stuff. The rights fees and the amount of money that you're spending on rights fees, along with the amount of money that you're losing by people cutting the cord to me is where this, this that's what's happening here so many people are opting out and they're saying you know what I don't need to pay for cable and with ESPN ESPN had the largest carriage fee of any network The last time I checked, I haven't checked in a while, but the last time I checked, ESPN's carriage fee. So, like, when you open up your cable bill, if people even open up their cable bill, most likely they don't because it's electronic, so you're not really looking. Their carriage fee was about $8. So, like, let's let's say that your bill for cable is $100. ESPN's getting $8. And you think... Damn, like, really? I'm like, yeah, because they've got to pay for those rights fees. And they know that you want the sports and you want the live sports, and we'll get back into that in just a second. But, like, Fox News, for example, right? Successful network. Granted, they do have to pay off, a, what, a three-quarters of a billion dollars in, in payments um, in a lawsuit. But Fox News is like a dollar ninety. And it's one of the more successful cable networks. So basically, people are saying, I don't want to pay for cable, which is why you're seeing ESPN do some direct-to-consumer models to try and make it so that people who are cord cutters, who are really just kind of watching stuff on their tablet or their phone or on their TV, but don't want to pay for USA Network along with paying for TNT and Fox News and CNN and everything else. While I'm doing this, I'm watching Golden Girls on TV land. Their carriage fee is not that high. But you get what I'm saying. Not everyone wants to pay that. And as more people move away from having cable, 
networks and especially ESPN are going to have to figure out ways to make it work. If you've listened to this podcast for as long as I've been doing this podcast, you know that my theory is not, I don't think that you can cut your way to profitability. I'm sure that there is an economist out there that will tell me that I'm wrong. And I'm sure there are economists out there that will agree with me wholeheartedly. Um, <laughs> I feel really awful for the folks out of that are laid off over there because everything is so public. And it, it makes it feel like you did something wrong, even though you didn't. When I talked to my bosses, when they had the conversation with me about being laid off, they made it very clear that they wanted to keep me. But you'll notice that there was a time, a good year and a half stretch during the pandemic where NBC Sports Chicago was down to three hosts. It was David Kaplan, it was Pat Boyle, and it was Chuck. It was those three dudes. I was out. Layla was out. Basketball wasn't going, so they didn't have Jason. Once basketball came back, obviously, Jason Goff has to be a part of it. But that's that's where we're at. When we're talking about big box media now, you have to look at it from the context of how much money are they spending on rights fees? Why do they spend on rights fees? Okay. Let's discuss that. Everyone who works in broadcasting right now is trying to figure out how to get, sustain, and keep an audience. When we're talking about television, radio, it's, it's a little bit easier. Like radio is more built on personality. You're listening because you like the opinions of the people that are on the radio or they're funny or whatever. With television, it's how can they keep your eyes on the TV? What do they have to do? And no matter, there's great programming out there. Like, I'm so happy, like, season three of Warrior is out. You know, I just finished watching a show called Silo on Apple Plus that I really, really enjoyed. Secret Invasion on Marvel. By the way, that's three different streaming networks that I just mentioned there which is part of the reason why I'm like, man, this whole thing worked its way back to just being cable. We just call them streaming services. But when it comes to the most popular things that are on cable or over-the-air television, meaning if you cut the cord and you just had rabbit ear antennas for your TV, you're just picking up the -the over-the-air signals, those shows, the most popular shows, so the American Idols or um, I always use Big Bang Theory because it was on for so long, like Big Bang Theory or Two and a Half Men, whatever's hot, whatever you, whatever network, Chicago Fire, whatever you think is hot right now on television, it does a very solid number, but it doesn't do a sports number. 
sports, live sports, is really profitable for television networks because it's not scripted and you like you can record it, but that's not the best way to enjoy it. The best way to enjoy it is live. And if you have live sports, that means you have dedicated viewers and listeners that are in it specifically for that content that you've got and you can build stuff around that content. Like, let's look at it just from NBC's standpoint, NBC Sports Chicago standpoint. You're a White Sox fan, right? You want to watch the White Sox game. Well, they know that. So they're building content around the White Sox game, meaning the pre and the post game show. That way you get more like they can keep you in the jump rope for longer. Same thing with the score and in Cubs radio. The idea behind the the score wanting to partner with the Cubs is that there's a big group of Cubs fans that are going to listen. So you build content around the Cubs because the idea is you want to keep them in the jump rope for as long as possible. And if we're now talking about a product that from start to finish, from the beginning of the pregame to the end of the postgame is four hours, that's four hours less programming that you have to do. ESPN, their programming day, like, I'm not sure that any of their sports centers are necessarily let me think of the right way to say this. The sports centers that they run, like we watch them in the studio, sports centers that they run during the day, almost no one's watching them. They're fairly inexpensive to produce too, I should say, which is why it's usually the default setting for ESPN when there isn't a special piece of programming to put on the air. I think this, the 5 o'clock local, the 6 o'clock Eastern Sports Center, I think still carries a big audience. And honestly, I think they have a have a star pairing in Kevin Nagandi and L. Duncan. I think L. Duncan is I think L. Duncan is the most talented person at ESPN, but that's neither here nor there. The late night stuff, the Scott Van Pelt stuff, I I dig it. Like it's fine, but I don't know if it turns a profit. What turns a profit for ESPN? is going to be the money that they make. Like, even, I'll give you a perfect example. You know how we talk about, we joke about Maction, games being played on Tuesday and Wednesday nights during the college football season? There'll be 4,000 people at those games. But it's live. You don't know who's going to win. You're not going to record it. You might even be betting on it. You're watching that game. That makes more sense. Like a game between Akron and Northern Illinois makes more sense for ESPN to put on than even SportsCenter, which is, you know, by production standpoint is cheaper to do a SportsCenter than it is to do a live game. Now, we've been spending a lot of time talking about the the 20 on-air talent people who were laid off, there's going to be close to, there's going to be thousands of people laid off at ESPN, and most of them you've never heard of. I think that it's important that that part of the story be told. Because there are a lot of people, 
like the folks that were on air that had you know long careers and I'm not trying to count anyone's money, but more than likely were able to save a good amount of money and probably were going to have their contracts paid out the whole time. You don't have to worry about them so much. The people behind the scenes and the thousands of people who are being laid off behind the scenes, maybe not in the same position. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So it really does, it really does stink. And I feel awful. I've also been debating, like, my friends that are on that list, like, when do I reach out to them? Because I know I ain't want nobody to talk to me. After I got laid off, I just needed to sit and process it for a little while before I was able to really even talk about it. I remember, man, I remember when I got the call, and it was like, I talked to my bosses over at NBC, and I'm a firm believer of if you leave right, you can always go back, and obviously, like, I'm back over there doing stuff. And it's cool. And I probably have a little bit more of a mercenary look at all of this stuff now. Um, I'm big into the concept of where you work, you should feel like family. And I know that that's a little bit Pollyanna. But I have been at the score for 25 years. So that place does feel like that, even though I know that they could get rid of me at any moment. Like that sort of thing. But I had incredible conversations with my bosses at, at NBC. I, and I think they thought it was going to be harder to have the conversation with me than it was. Like, I understood the financial landscape that everybody was in. And they didn't have to protect my salary, but they did. Now, it ends up being a write-off for the company. That's what I mean by the, at the end of the fiscal year. ESPN is going to be able to do some creative accounting and write all this off as a loss for fiscal 2023. Um, so keep that in mind. But 
those folks who are behind the scenes, the ones who are not making the big dollars and probably moved to Bristol, Connecticut, which I don't know if you know this. I didn't know this until later. I, here, I, I'll give you this confession. When I was starting to figure out that I wasn't going to go to law school and I wasn't going to go to the Navy, have the Navy pay for me to go to law school, and I figured out that I was going to be a broadcaster full-time, what I wanted, like my goal was I was going to be a sports center anchor by the time I was 27. And then someone was like, do you know where ESPN is located? I was like, yeah, it's in Connecticut. And I'm like, oh, you know, Connecticut, close to New York City. Nope. Bristol, Connecticut is close to nothing. Well, that's not true. It's close to the University of Connecticut. But it's like two hours, two and a half hours to New York City. No, thank you. It's in the middle of nowhere. But folks had to move there. And now you got to figure out what the rest of your life is going to be like. Um, and it sucks, man. It really, really sucks. And I know that there are people who are celebrating. Um, and I'm, I'm hating on all those folks who are like, such and such shouldn't have been let go, fired. Because for people think that everyone was fired and no one was fired. They should have let go of blah, 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 blah. I get that there are people that you don't like. And I think that some of the reasons, I feel like some of the hate that Malika Andrews gets is just ridiculous. And honestly, like, I'll just say it. Y'all mad because she won't date you. And so you got it in for her, and now you're trying to get her fired. And it's whack. (sighs) Anyway. They still have a lot of stars there and people that are really, really multifaceted. Like, I talked about Elle Duncan. Like, she can do anything. And she's funny as hell. I think Christine Williamson has an opportunity to be a star. I think... um, Gary Streisky, I think he's got a chance to be a star. Very funny dude. And it's like Van Pelt like went to D.C. And I get it. like That's where he wanted to be. But it feels like he's kind of outside the orbit of ESPN. And it's probably better for him. Like if, I had, if ESPN was like, hey, we want you to work for us, but you get to stay in Chicago, I'd be like, bet. That's what's up. Honestly, I don't know why more major networks aren't in Chicago. Shout out to Stadium. Because everyone comes through Chicago. Every single team in every sport comes through Chicago. But I hope the folks that are... um, I hope the folks that are laid off got their money or are going to continue to get their money and they'll figure out what they should do. Let me just offer this, too. They don't need you telling them, like, I saw some of the, all right, I'll be transparent. I'm friends with Jordan Cornette. Jordan and I worked together for a while over at Stadium. I like him. I love Shay, and that's messed up, too. Jordan gets laid off. Shay still works there. How is that supposed to, you know, it's two people who are married. Like, how they got kids. Like, how is that supposed to work, you know? 
Now he got to go look for a job. They live in Bristol, Connecticut. Any whoozle. You making the suggestion about, like I saw someone suggest, well, just come back to ESPN Radio. Another thing that, that you should realize inside of all of this, ESPN is de-emphasizing radio. They have made that very clear, I would say, over the last five years. There'll be a new morning show. They'll figure out something to on a national level, something to replace the Kellerman, Keyshawn, J. Will show. But it's... I don't know if there's even a need for national sports radio. Having done it, having done it. And it was one of those things where I was like, I totally want to do that. And then I did it and I was like, I don't like doing this. Like it's, it almost felt like cheating. Like, like y'all just going to pay me for this. There's no attachment, you know, like I, But, but yeah, ESPN is clearly de-emphasizing radio. Look at it. Look, they feel like they can get what they need from podcasting. They've taken some of their most talented people like Bomani Jones. Bomani is not on ESPN TV, and he's not on ESPN radio. But he does a podcast kind of under their umbrella. And it's super successful. It's one of the best podcasts in America. Also... So that we're clear about something, the score's main competitor, ESPN 1000, really just uses that name for branding. They're not even, they're not even, they're not even connected to ESPN. Other than a couple talent, like a few pieces of talent, I shouldn't say pieces, uh, other than some talent like Courtney Cronin, who is ESPN Radio National and ESPN Local and does ESPN Television. They really don't have any real connection other than branding. They're owned by Good Karma brand. And Good Karma brand seems to be doing okay. Like they're, like as a company, they seem to be doing well with their radio properties. But the idea is you use the name ESPN and that's supposed to give you more credibility. We'll see if this opens up the door for ESPN 1000 to do a local morning show. But usually, like, inside that branding, like, inside of their contract to be branded as ESPN, ESPN is like, you got to run some of our local stuff, so you got to run the Greenberg show, or you got to run the 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 stupid morning show thing. Like, you got you have to do that, and then you can put a little bit of local programming around it. We'll see. Uh, what it ends up doing and and how it works out, but they are clearly de-emphasizing radio as part of their business model. What else can I tell you about this? Because I feel like I've already gone on too long, but there's a lot here, man. Like I, I really like as the news was coming in, and then I was finding out that that I I had over overused Twitter on Friday. I didn't see that coming. Um, you got to figure out another place to go. I don't think I, I'm not going to deactivate my Twitter account. I just don't know if it serves any of us anymore. The same way, 
Uh, still, like, for the newsbreakers and stuff, it's important, I guess, but it might be time to figure out, like, other outlets and shit. Maybe you could go back to Facebook. My God. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> oh, that makes me sad. That makes me really, really sad. Anyway, so that's it. I'll just leave it at that and say good luck to everyone who was affected by this. Everyone who got laid off, I hope that it ends up leading you to something great. For people like Susie Culber, who I think just been a trooper for, what, 28 years there. David Pollock, who I think is really good at college football. Local guy, Rob Ninkovich. My guy, Jordan Cornett. You can listen. Like, Jordan and I did a House of L probably three years ago. Maybe four years ago. It's probably four years ago. And he was terrific on it. But I'm just hopeful. But know that this is... This is happening everywhere. Everywhere in media, but specifically sports media. And every and I'll just tell you this, everyone wants to get back into the rights game. I still say that the rights fees are inflated, but they're inflated because there's competition, which probably means they're not inflated cuz whatever you're willing to pay is what something is worth. But I do think that in the bid to get some of these live sports, networks put themselves in a bad position because they think they're going to get the money back and you better have a kick-ass sales department because your sales department is going to have to make money for the network. They're going to have to sell, sell, sell the live and understand that you can, you've got a captive audience when you're talking about live sports. And honestly, I think the, the model, the model with which we do television, streaming, radio, all that stuff, I think that's going to have to change too. But we'll see. Like everyone's trying to like figure out, like maybe you're not fully divesting from the model that has been in play since the beginning of radio and television. But you might have to. But all this just blows, man. And I hope everyone's going to be good. But hopefully there's at least a little bit of an education that you can have on what is happening. And... I'm glad I could help out in that regard. So that's it. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate the support that you show House of L, an independent media company that's doing our best to hang on. Someone sent in a nice donation last week, and you can donate with if you go to redcircle.com and look for House of L, and you want to donate to us, you can, and it's appreciated. We're doing okay, though. Like, we're the company has stayed small. I'm the only employee, and then, you know, I farm out talent and hire people freelance. But 
we're we're doing all right. We're in the black with our small company that we got going on over here. And we hope to stay that way for a while. Five years in and everything's all right for now. I'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.